Oregon football is back into the transfer portal. Noah Whittington from Western Kentucky, a running back, is joining the Ducks. He'll be here for spring ball. So who is he and what does he bring to the table for Dan Lanning and company? We'll get to that. Plus, what sort of offense will he be playing and what should we expect from our new offensive coordinator, Kenny Dillingham? All that coming up today on Locked on Ducks. Here we go. You are Locked on Ducks. Your daily podcast on the Oregon Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, it is that time once again for Locked On Ducks. I'm your host, Spencer McLaughlin. Thank you for making this your first listen or your first view if you're watching on YouTube every day. It's part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your number one source to stay up to date with the Ducks every single day weekday like and subscribe if you are listening to the show on podcasts right now also leave a five-star review nice comments we like to see those as well and if you're watching on youtube subscribe to the channel you can hit that button below numbers keep going up we love to see that this episode of locked on ducks is brought to you by bet online bet online has covered this season with more props odds and lines than ever before bet online where the game starts, and it's another exciting day here on Locked On Ducks because we've got a new player to talk about who we'll be watching come the fall. And if you're watching on YouTube right now, you may notice my attire is slightly different because I've got a full suit and tie working right now. And that is because my other job, I do the TV play-by-play for Southern Utah University, had a game to call, came back here to record, looked down and said, you know what? Got a green tie on. Let's just rock it. Full suit, all business. Here we go. Noah Whittington is the name of the new running back that Oregon has had in the transfer portal. And he comes over from Conference USA and the Hilltoppers of Western Kentucky. And by the way, props to Western Kentucky for coming up with a mascot that nobody else has. That's a tough thing to do. How many Bengals and Tigers and Bears and all these sorts of mascots that are repeated all over the place? Western Kentucky, the Hilltoppers. Mad props. I, I, it's not an easy thing to do. As a school, I'm sure there's some cultural significance. I like it. They're the Hilltoppers. Nobody else has that mascot. I don't even know what their mascot actually is, but I dig it already. I'm a fan of this move, adding Noah Whittington. If not only because you're just adding a body who's capable of playing Division I college football that we know and we've seen, or at least you can see if you go on YouTube, watch highlights, check out his stats. They're pretty darn good, and I'll get to them in a moment. Oregon right now in spring practice has two Count them one, two, that many scholarship running backs playing in spring ball right now. Jordan James will get to campus at some point, and he'll be a third. But a position that Oregon, the day after the Alamo Bowl against Oklahoma, wasn't worried about it all going into the offseason, has suddenly become a position of need, and that can happen. So he is following, Noah Whittington is, Carlos Lachlan, who we hired over from Western Kentucky this offseason. He was the running backs coach over there. He's now our running backs coach in Eugene. And he has taken a guy with him in the transfer portal. And that's good because running backs, as we saw this past year, C.J. Verdell, who's a thick guy, physical runner. Whittington actually reminds me of Verdell in a couple of ways, but is also better in some respects. Get to that in a sec. But he comes over and just provides a body. And as we saw with Verdell, guys get injured especially the running back position and guys just wear down the more quality running backs you can throw in there to just give the top two guys a spell and just give them a break, keep their bodies in shape. It'll help them from obtaining a long-term injury. Obtaining is the wrong word there, but you know what I'm trying to say. It'll help prevent 
more long-term injuries, but also just keep him fresh as the year goes on and over the course of a game. So I like this move, and I think it's uh, never bad to have depth. Literally never. At any position, at any time, depth is always good. Remember a season ago, we had a million linebackers, and then we were down to a walk-on linebacker at one point because of the injuries, and Isaac Slade, Mato Atia, uh, transferred, I believe, to SMU, if I remember correctly. So we had Noah Whittington, and who is this guy? Who Who is this guy? That's what you come to me for here on the show, right? 5'9", 195 pounds. Now, his bio on Western Kentucky's website had him 5'10", 200. Who knows? He's roughly 5'9", to 5'10", and 195 to 200 pounds. How about that? Um, it's funny. The, the, the piece I read about him, had a quote in there saying that Whittington says his best traits are his speed and physicality, which I just kind of thought was funny. I'd never seen that before where you ask a guy, what are your best traits? Maybe it's happened more than I think, but I just thought that was kind of amusing. The funny, the funniest part about it is when I watch him run the ball, those are his two best traits. So he's being very honest in that in that sense. But I think it's a, that's a good trust but verify scenario, you know? I don't think that you're lying to me, but I'm going to check it out for myself just in case because he's not going to say anything bad about himself, of course. But he said those are his best traits. And from what I saw and have seen so far in his young career, those are indeed his best traits. A straight line speed. And he, he's a physical guy as well. Now... This past season at Western Kentucky, he ended the year with uh, 617 yards, two touchdowns, 101 carries. That's Conference USA that they're playing in. And uh, the broadcasters in a game they played at Michigan State last year quoted one of his coaches saying that the more carries he gets in a game, the better he gets, meaning he's definitely a hot hand sort of guy. If that proves to be the case and he comes into you know, fall camp and uh, once the season begins as the number three running back, which he's in a pretty good place to be, could maybe even move up to two, depending on how Sean Dollars looks coming off of an injury. He is a guy who, once you give a couple carries to and he finds some room, you just keep feeding him. You don't say, oh, the offensive line is opening up holes. Let's give it to the other guy. No, he can he can get rolling. And I certainly see that when, when I watch his tape. He's impressive. And I'll tell you exactly why. But first, I want to tell you about Stat Hero. I love March Madness. As I record this, it starts tomorrow. What a grand and glorious time it is. I love those brackets, but I can't remember the last time I went deep or even won any money. Never really happens. I'm hedging my bets this year with Stat Heroes NCAA Pick'em Contests. Stat Heroes NCAA Single Game Pick'ems pits the star players against each other in an amazing hybrid between fantasy and sports gambling. Take control back from those handicappers that always seem to have the advantage. Start focusing on the players you know best with a gameplay a gameplay that doesn't rely on big spreads, long odds, or funky props. Stat Hero is the easiest and fastest way to get your sports action fixed. The simple, sleek gameplay will have you playing in minutes. This is what Daily Fantasy was meant to be. Go check out Stat Hero today. And if you want to, go check out the highlights of one Noah Whittington because he will have you feeling good about adding this guy to our running back room. And life is all about who you know. Recruiting is about relationships. And guess what? He knew Carlos Lachlan, and Carlos Lachlan has brought him to Western Kentucky. And I think it's good that Oregon recognized they had a little bit of a need here because that's definitely shaping up to be the case. But 
So he averaged over six yards a carry a season ago, which is very, very high. Now, he didn't get very many, and there were a couple reasons for that. Number one, he was in kind of a crowded running back room. There were other guys there who were getting a decent amount of touches, the line share of the carries, but he was definitely in the mix. Number two, Western Kentucky runs an air raid offense. So that limits the number of touches he's going to get anyway. And we'll get to Oregon's expected offensive philosophy under Kenning Dillingham later and why that will be better for Nottingham. Excuse me, uh, not for Whittington, not Nottingham. I don't know who I was thinking of right there. There was a baseball player that popped in my head, actually. But, you know, an ING, two Ts, all flows together. That's what happens, live broadcasting. Anyway, even though I'm recording. He ended the year with seven carries for 150 yards and one touchdown in uh, the Boca Raton Bowl against Appalachian State. And Whittington on that play or in that game had an 86-yard touchdown run. He's got some blazing speed. He he has definitely got the speed. He had this knifing run up the middle where he had some room, got to the second level, and it looked like a consortium of black jerseys were just going to converge on him. And as they got there, he just kind of ran right through. And that that's a testament to how fast this guy is and the sort of speed that he has. And it, not bad at all for a guy who's in the 200-pound range, 195, 200, depending on where you look. It's like the recruiting services. Hey, he's a four-star, five-star, depending on where you look. He's around 200 pounds, and he's got really good speed for a guy uh, of that size. He's got a similar build to C.J. Verdell, but he's slightly taller, and he weighs about the same. Verdell had breakaway speed. We saw that a number of times with his big runs. But one thing, though, I like C.J. Verdell as a running back, as I've said many times on this pod, He's a very productive running back. I'm glad Oregon had him. We'd be better if we had him, but I think he'll do okay in the NFL. You can go back, listen to past episodes to talk about or to hear me talk about his pro prospects. One thing that that Whittington has that I think CJ Verdell lacked at times and that Travis Dye brought to the table is an ability to make consistent, effective, and powerful lateral cuts. When you watch him run with the ball, Everything's coming from the shotgun, right? Because they're in the air raid, and that's what Oregon will be doing with the RPO-based scheme that Kenny Dillingham will run this year. That is something that you have to be able to do running out of the shotgun is cut laterally, right? Because you get those outside zone runs, and you're almost 90 degrees from where you're trying to get, which is to the end zone. So you have to be able to plant your foot in the ground. Nobody's done that better in Oregon football history than LaMichael James. But the way that this guy cuts... I, I really like watching him run. I do. And he finishes runs very well, right? Going back to that quote he had about himself, said his speed and his physicality are his best traits. He finishes runs, right? He uses that power, but he doesn't run like a pure power back. He's got an ability to make cuts between the tackles, to plant his foot in the ground and cut hard and accelerate up the field. I like what I see from him a lot. Now, he wasn't a high-volume guy a season ago, right? 100 carries over 12 games. He only had 10 or more carries three times last year playing in, in 12 contests for the Hilltoppers. He was never really heavily involved in the passing game, though from what I have seen, he appears willing as a run blocker, which is always a good thing to see. But playing in an air raid system, splitting with other backs, that's why he never had the volume. And I think that's a primary reason why he wanted to come to Oregon along with Carlos Lachlan, his position coach going over there as well, who I could 
probably assume was his primary recruiter when he went to Western Kentucky, but that's an assumption. I don't have that source, but he's definitely the primary recruiter when he came to Oregon. So that is, that's the guy that Oregon's got. I think he can slide right into the running back room and, and be productive. Probably talk about that a little more on tomorrow's pod. Cause I want to get to the offense that he'll be playing in. And that is one directed by Kenny Dillingham. And I'm sure Dan Lanning is, you know, got influences and he's, uh, around the offense a little bit more than, say, Chip Kelly was around the defense, but Landing primarily going to work with defensive guys. Those are the early reports, by the way, out of the Oregon practice, that Landing is a little bit more all over the place. Some head coaches, you know, like Cristobal, was almost exclusively with the offensive line and delegated stuff very heavily. Landing, I think, a little bit more of the CEO role, but obviously heavily focused on the defensive side of the ball because that's where he comes from, from his time at Georgia. So what should we expect with Kenny Dillingham as the offensive coordinator and what might things look like? I'll tell you, but first I want to tell you about Built Bar. And most people aren't even thinking about New Year's resolutions at this time of the year. But if you had any that were about eating better, Built Bar should be a part of your plan. If you haven't tried the puffs, you're missing out on one of the best tasting bars that Built Bar makes. Go to Built.com, scroll down to the macros chart. You'll be blown away with the facts on these bars high protein low calorie high fiber low carb 130 calories four grams of sugar four net carbs 17 grams of protein that's why they're in my golf bag all the time i've got a bunch of them out there right now and i'm making an effort to never run out compare that to a candy bar yeah i don't need to go into the figures you know it's way better for you than a candy bar but it tastes just as good go to built.com to check out all the flavors as well. The show is also brought to you by Bet Online. It's that time of year, college basketball tournament finally upon us. What a grand and wonderful and beautiful and amazing time to be alive. And from all the latest odds, contests, and player props, betonline.net is the number one source for all your sports betting needs and info. Bet Online remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. It's not just basketball. Bet online is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information needs, including live betting, your favorite Vegas casino games, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Bet online where the game starts. And where will this Oregon offense start with Kenny Dillingham? Well, it's going to be an RPO-based attack. Based on film that I have spent an inordinate amount of time in the last, last couple of weeks, diving into uh, from his time at Memphis and, and then his time at Florida State as well. Not so much at Auburn because that was really a Gus Malzahn system, but he was working kind of hand-in-hand with Mike Norvell at Memphis and at Florida State. So what should we expect? Before I get to that, first of all, there's this great video of Dillingham at spring practice mic'd up on Twitter. Go to Oregon football, and you should be able to scroll through and find it in there. It's fantastic. <laughs> I just... He's so engaged. He's very involved. He's energetic. He's very outgoing and and outspoken, and he's got a real presence about him. That's what stood out to me the most. And he has this moment where he's portraying a defensive end that whoever was playing quarterback was going to be reading. You know, is he going to hand it off or is he going to pull and run around the edge? The quarterback pulls it, and as he tries to chase him down, he yells, Ah, you're lucky I didn't have knee surgery. And I, I love that sort of energy at practice. You know, it's it's competitive, it's fun, it's energetic, it's upbeat. It really it just, it gets you going, right? And it makes you miss football, it gets you excited for the spring game on April twenty third. I can uh, 
definitely, definitely say that. But he he really fits the Dan Lanning mold of an assistant coach, right? As he is very active. He is not a guy who's going to kind of hunker down in, in his zone and just work on X's and O's and just say, hey, we're going to do this. This is what we're going to do. This is how we're going to do it. Got to do this. But he's not that sort of guy. He, he's very much like I see why he and Dan Lanning click and, and why Lanning hired him and why uh, it, it's a partnership that we hope will last for a long time and have a lot of success. But they're very similar guys when, when I watch them as assistant coaches. You know, uh, Joe Moorhead, who I think is really, really smart, not as much of a of an energy guy, right? I think of him more. He's like he's to himself, wants to be you know up in the booth, calling plays, going stuff at, like Joe Mora did a great job. There's you know more than one way to be an offensive coordinator or an assistant coach or a head coach, but I just think it's interesting how how different these guys can be. And speaking of Joe Moorhead, by the way, I always liked what he did offensively. I imagine many of you Duck fans did as well. At least I hope so, because as far as offensive coordinators go. Joe Moorhead is as smart of a guy as uh, of a guy as there is in college football. I think I got that grammatically correct. I might have butchered it somewhere halfway in the middle. I kind of got lost, but I thought he was really smart in key spots. Oregon's third down percentage this past year was outstanding. It was one of the three or four best or five best in the country, and that has to do with being able to recognize what a defense is doing, what their tendencies are on third down, and calling the right play and having your guys well coached to the point where they can execute in Oregon. I thought for the most part last season, don't focus all in on the final four games where Oregon lost three of four and two of them were to Utah and the Oklahoma game. You know, it just think about the season writ large. That's what I'm talking about here. Speaking in the abstract on the whole, not specific for those of you going, well, what about this? Oh, I didn't like this play. I didn't like that. No one's perfect. No coach is perfect. General rule of thumb. No one is ever perfect, but on the whole, he's really, really smart. And I think he wanted to throw the ball downfield more. I, There were moments this year, you go back and watch the film, guys are open down the field, it's downfield concepts, and A.B. just wouldn't pull the trigger, right? And Moorhead, when he was the offense coordinator at Penn State, he had a quarterback by the name of Trace McSorley, who's now a backup in the NFL, bouncing around somehow, some way. Well, he's back in with Lamar Jackson. That actually makes a lot of sense. But McSorley threw the ball downfield all the time. It was a it was a huge part of their offense. Maybe, I mean, it was still RPO based, right? Where you're running with the quarterback a lot, you're putting guys in space, you have a lot of quick hitters, but willing to go over the top and able to go over the top. It's just not something that Oregon, from a personnel perspective at the quarterback position, was able to accomplish consistently this past season. That's why it wasn't there. I don't think that was on Joe Moorhead at all. I think that's something that he definitely wants to do. He's too smart of an offensive guy to not know the benefit of stretching the defense and not allowing them to just come down into the box because that limited Oregon's offense at times this year. But aside from that limitation, I like the way Oregon's offense looked this past season. And the reason that I bring that up is the way that they played with, with that RPO based attack where, you know, you've got the, the pitch options or you've got, uh, RPOs over the middle on the slants or RPOs into the flats with bubble screens. There's just all different sorts of ways to create basically the same sorts of looks and have your quarterback making these reads. Kenny Dillingham's offenses with Mike Norvell the last few years have done a lot of the same things. And that's, that's something that I'm a fan of because it's a really tough thing to defend when you execute it well. We saw that this past season. No, Oregon's offense was not perfect at times. But as I've said, that was more a personnel thing than it was a coaching thing on the offensive side of the ball. 
And we don't know how much crystal ball had his hands on the offense and saying like, we're going to run the ball here. The Oregon ran the ball very effectively. And I thought they were very smart with their run calls as well. I mean, one of my favorite play calls of the year is against Ohio state fourth and one. And you bring a tight end emotion in and then you pitch it out to Verdell with a pin and pull concept. And there's just nobody home, right? You bring everybody in tight. And I think the, old Mario Cristobal offense would have pounded that ball right up the middle and said, our offensive line is just going to be better. But Joe Moorhead, who I think is really smart, said, nope, we're going to show you that look, and then we're going to go over here, and it's going to be really easy. And Dawson Jaramillo didn't even have a guy to block on C.J. Verdell's path to the end zone. That's how smart of a play call it was. One of my favorite just moments of the year because it was a huge spot, huge game, and it was just so smart. I I absolutely loved it. But there's going to be a lot of RPO stuff in this offense. That'll suit Bo Nix's skill set well, assuming he becomes a starter, and I imagine he will. Not just because of his, his experience, but because of his legs. And Ty Thompson's a capable athlete, but we saw the way that Oregon ran the ball with their quarterback this past year with Anthony Brown. It worked a lot of the time. It worked really, really well because it gives you a numbers advantage that you have an extra guy in the block or an extra guy to account for on the defensive side of the ball. That one extra read or one extra defender to to have to focus or freeze, that does a lot. It does a lot for your running game, and I think they will do that a lot, and Bo Nix knows how to run the ball at the quarterback position. So I think that that is a really good sign for the Ducks that a lot of these things will be the same. Will it be exactly the same? No. It's a, a different guy who will call plays a different way But at the end of the day, a lot of the concepts and schemes will be very similar and they will look very similar for Duck fans. And I think that's a good thing. I like the way the offense ran. They just needed to be able to execute throwing the ball down the field more. That's it. That's all they were missing. I thought they were smart in the run game. I thought they were capable in the running game. There were not a lot of negative rushes on the whole this past season. Oregon did a great job picking up yardage on first down. And then after that, sometimes maybe they'd get a little bit conservative, but We'll see if that was, you know, maybe a little bit more crystal ball influencing the offense because that is the side of the ball that that he comes from. But I like what I've seen from the Stillingham offense, at least on tape. This is the first time he's really going to have full control of it. So that's something to keep in mind. But, you know, on the whole, I like it. I, I, I like the RPO based attack because you put guys in space. It's about creating one on one matchups and it's about putting guys in space. And when I hear matchups, you know, in a one-on-one situation, I think Dante Thornton, Troy Franklin, Chris Hudson, Chase Cota, the tight ends as well. And then I hear guys in space, I immediately jump to players like Seven McGee or Byron Cardwell or, you know, Noah Whittington. There are just a bunch of guys. I think Oregon's got the playmakers to be able to execute it. And I look forward to seeing what it looked like, what it will look like. And man, I just can't wait for the spring game. It's going to be a real taste of what Oregon football will be this fall. And like many of you, I cannot wait. I appreciate everyone listening. Have a wonderful rest of your day and go Ducks.